it didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop and he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up thing. Their, their, their face is like twitching. to Bigfoot Society, a podcast where we focus on cryptids, the strange, and the unexplained of this world. If you've got a story or something weird to share, send an email over to me at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And now, on with the show. All right, Bigfoot Society, we've got the privilege of talking to a new friend, uh, Keith, calling in from Vancouver Island. How's it going today, Keith? Really good. we got some half-decent weather here for winter, so uh, that's been nice. Still got snow up there? Yeah, we don't, no, we don't get much in Gold River where I am uh-huh. on the west side, middle of the island. It's really a, a lot of rain, 90% rain in the winter up here. So mm. the mountains get more snow, but in the valley where we are, it's really nice and wet. I just came back from a weekend across the island on the east side. I met up with four other researchers okay. over there. And uh, we just spent the night set up some sound equipment, just some hikes, and checked out some video cameras that are in the bush, and changed some cards, and it was pretty interesting, that trip. Slept in the car, froze. It was really mm-hmm. windy and cold over where we were on the East Coast. And yeah, things have been going good. The Sasquatch is on Vancouver Island. So it they sounds like... You've been looking into Sasquatch for a long time out there. How did you get started with that, Keith? Oh, I guess uh, the Gimlin film first off, and uh, then living out here and moving from Manitoba to Vancouver Island and living with the native community, basically. My parents bought a taxi company in uh, northwest middle of Vancouver Island, in the village of Gold River. And we ran that for 13 years. And uh, just talking to the natives that we traveled with back and forth, just their old stories about Sasquatches, you know, that in the villages back in the 1800s, the Sasquatch would reach in, the kids would sleep in the middle of the floor, not in the edges, because the Sasquatch would reach into the bungalows and try to grab the kids. So, yeah, there's quite a history back, even, you know, back to the 1800s on Vancouver Island. If you look up the story about Mushlet Harry, an old native trapper back from the 
Mauta Band, which is up in Gold River here. That's the oldest account that I know of, and that dates back to the 1800s of Saskatchewan on Vancouver Island, and uh, which is really cool because from the mainland on the east side, you can see it from the island. So it's a two-mile swim. So Sasquatch is actually commute from Alert Bay over to the islands and the island hop. They come to Alert Bay and uh, they do a lot of howling up at the native reserve up there. I've got friends up there that send me uh, phone um, recordings of uh, howls, grunts, sounds. That's pretty cool. So for Sasquatch on Vancouver Island, there's a lot of activity. We just missed out on a bunch of howls and whoops uh, Saturday night. We went up to uh, up by Wasp area, Port Alberni Wasp, and um, Port McNeil Wasp, sorry. And uh, we were up there on the east side, and so, uh, the four researchers that we met up there uh, got some really good howls and barks and tree knocks, and we just set up a sound recorder in the bush up on the ridge below where they were camping. And they said, we caught some good info. So uh, it's interesting. Uh, the Sasquatch really flourish here. It's such a cool habitat. You know, we got Sasquatches that live basically on the ocean, eating clams, seals, uh, anything on the ocean. You know, they're so abundant. And then we got ones that chase elk in the forest. You know, I really believe that uh, some of the Sasquatches herd them up into a valley in the wintertime and will feed off of them during the winters. Those here are such a good food for Sasquatches. So it's a beautiful habitat. Vancouver Island is about 1,000 miles long and maybe 75 miles wide at the widest points. And the west side of it is open ocean to China. There's just rugged oceans, lots of beautiful big beaches on the west side, but you either fly in a helicopter, seaplane, or boat. And that's the only accessible way in the west coast. Uh, a few villages out there, uh, Alert Bay, and they're, they're really nice, Alert Bay is the Sasquatch Haven. The Sasquatches swim over from the mainland over there for some reason and uh, spend a lot of time on the beaches picking clamshells and Alert Bay is a real hot spot for 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 them. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of annoying they tell us. You know, there's so many it gets dogs barking, you know, up to the res. So uh <laughs> Yeah, we got hot spots on the island where they do come to shore, and we don't know why yet, but uh, they come from the mainland over the island, and then they'll go back in different seasons. We lose them, you know, you'll from the area, and then they'll be gone. Um, I got about four areas out here that I really spend time in in the last, you know, 40 years. Uh, 
and there's activity up there. But we go out for a week, spend a week in the bush. They welcome in the camp. They'll throw rocks. Uh, my girlfriend's sister was a, a major non-believer until two summers ago, where she had a, a baseball-sized boulder was thrown at a tree five feet away from her at a campsite, 10 minutes out of Gold River. So we don't have to travel that far to get Sasquatches. We've had them in town sightings. We've had one at the water tower, uh, one at the reserve out here, and uh, within two miles of town, the reserve, the water tower is half a mile up the road. A uh, gentleman walking his dog up by the water tower, and the Sasquatch walked right in front of him, and the guy didn't believe in him. Until then, he just was a normal believer. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> right in town, that's really nice for Gold River, but we are settled in the bush. We do have bears, a lot of black bears in Gold River, in the island, uh, cougars, wolves, and there's probably about 40 grizzly bears up at the north end of the island now. Uh, elk, deer. Um, yeah, we got quite a variety of animals. Lots of food. There's no shortage of Sasquatch food on the island. You know, if you're on the west coast, it's not hard for them to be on all fours, run out, grab a seal. You know, there's a meal for them. So it's, it's really cool. I got a good friend of mine that's putting a boating outing together. They're going to go cruise some beaches, hit an old army base that's deserted, spend the night there doing you know, a little bit of research, set some sound equipment up, a few uh, trail cams, and see if they can get Sasquatch on the beach eating clamshells. So that's their goal. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Keith, I have a yeah, question um, for you. Okay. Um, I'm just going to throw one in. Um, yeah. You mentioned you have grizzly bears around the, the area. And I've, I've talked to a gentleman in Montana, and he said there's times when the Sasquatch will almost fight uh, the grizzlies. They found grizzlies that have their necks broken. Have you ever heard any experiences where the Sasquatch are going up against the larger predators in the area of uh, Gold uh, River or anything? The grizzlies, I don't know, but, but okay. the bears won't. The bears will not. They won't mess with them. The black bears? Yeah, mm -hmm. the black bears, um, yeah, they won't mess with them. Um like you imagine a, a baseball-sized rock being thrown at an elk leg mm. to uh, slow it down in the bush, and they'll grab that elk and break his neck like nothing. Wow. But uh, their hunting skills are, they do use weapons. A rock's a weapon, and they'll bring down an elk, you know, take out his leg uh, and slow it down, you know, maim it, follow it, maim it. Take it down. So uh, I've come across about three elk in the past 15 years. Unexplained dead. 
just in the bush laying there. Beautiful elk within, you know, he's been dead for maybe half an hour. You know, no bullet wound. It's not hunting season. Good luck to anybody up there even. You know, uh, there's such a vast <laughs> wilderness out here. Uh, lots of logging roads. I mean, lots of access. You know, 90% of Vancouver Island's logged. So that's the sad part. Um, yeah, accessibility is really nice. We, we do have a lot of old timber still in, in a lot of the parts of the island. First growth timber and the second growth is really nice. Um, Nipkish Valley has really grown over beautifully in the last 20 years. We got caves uh, running up and down Nipkish Valley. Just about every mountain will have a cave unit somewhere in it. So uh, I got uh, I found um, some loggers I know found a giant cave up. You got to get a boat, take a boat up the inlet, and there's a big cave up there. One guy went in 300 feet with uh, by himself, and he said he can stand up the hole all the way. But he came back after about 300 feet of, but he said it goes in. Way in. So we're going to go out there this summer, set up a few trail cameras, sound equipment over by that area and, and then camp for about eight days and see what happens out in that area. But what I've learned over the years is four days in the bush out here, a Sasquatch will come to camp. It's, they're really curious. They know about us. I mean, they've watched Vancouver Island grow into what it is today. So, um, yeah, we got residential Sasquatches, and you know, we got island hoppers. Keith, what is it like when a Sasquatch comes into your camp? Um, it's, um, how do you, how do you describe it? You're in awe. A friend and I were up in a mountain lake, 22 kilometers out of town here. And uh, somebody had made a homemade picnic table out of an old piece of wood. And there was a giant picnic table there. And uh, where we camped from the picnic table must have been about 80 yards away from the table towards the lake. And uh, there's a little trail that walks towards the lake, and then you come across the picnic table, make a left, and go down three steps, and you're on the lake. And uh, so just a giant picnic table, something made out of some old wood that was falling over in the wind blow. So we're out there one night, 10 o'clock at night, day four, day five. We're out there 10 o'clock at night, and we hear this knock on the picnic table. Three wrapped, bang, bang, bang. Well, your heart right away. You can't control that. And then the adrenaline starts to flow. It's like, and my buddy and I, we looked at each other, and neither of us moved. And it's, we, didn't, we didn't know what to do. It was like, it was so clear, so loud, and it's like boom, boom, boom on that picnic table, 80 feet away. 10 o'clock at night, I mean, it is pitch black. The only thing we got going is a fire. No lanterns, no flashlights handy to grab and run to the picnic table, but we did not investigate it. 
him and I just sat there. And uh, we never heard a thing after that. But we never heard it come in the camp. It was so quiet. I think I walked along the lake edge and uh, snuck into the, the camp up to the picnic table and then wrapped the three wraps up there. But uh, that was exciting. <laughs> Another time the same, man, same guy I was out with, we spent 10 days up in the river and uh, I, we chased one up a, up, a, up a mountain and we got nine whooped. We didn't catch it, but we tried tracking it the best we could <laughs> up this mountain. We came to a rock, impassable for us. There's no way we can get up that rock. Um, once we got the timbers, it turned into a rock face. And uh, you can see where it climbed up to the moss, was ripped off the rock in certain areas. I mean, that's like a chimpanzee climbing up there, but an 1800 pound one. I mean, all fours, you know, it was nothing for it to get up there. So we turned around, came back down to camp. I had my video camera going, and I was telling people that we were up this ridge, up this mountain, trying to, you know, chasing a Sasquatch up there that we saw earlier, or heard earlier. So uh, I got nine whoops and I'm videotaping. You can hear them, but I, I made the mistake and walked towards the river. Okay. And the river drowned the sound uh, and laughed four whoops out. Hmm. So you, you got more river than whoops. So yeah, I got nine whoops on my video camera anyways. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, an odor. I have never, ever have I smelled a Sasquatch in the bush. You know how they talk about that putent, sure. rotten meat smell? I've never had that. I've never come across a dead deer or something in the bush. And uh, I've never smelled a Sasquatch here yet. And tree structures. I've, I've never come anything like giant trees being hoisted up in the air and stacked together. That's something else I've never come across here. On the mainland, they, I've heard stories. You know, a four-foot round tree will be wedged up against another one, and then four or five other smaller, longer poles will be jammed up against him. Make some kind of teepee effect. So out here, I've never found those. And it's really hard. They make beds. They don't make houses. They're laying a nest like a gorilla out here on the island. They don't make houses. You won't find any tree structures where you climb into it and branches like a little fort. That, they, they won't do it out here. Have, and, sorry, Keith. Um, have you yeah. have you found nest sites then? Oh, well, it's hard to say because the ground out here is like you get sure. a bunch of ferns and you don't know if the elk are laying in them or Sasquatch. So that's the thing. The elk will lay in the ferns too. And the Sasquatch. You know, you but you find indents where you think they were sitting over the years. One tree, you know, be all the bark might just picked off parts of the tree or or something and uh you might find an indent where he'll sit. And just sit there and 
Yeah, then they're very uh, sneaky. I did catch a picture about two weeks ago of one following us. I could hear it in the background. So I turned around, took a picture, and we just kept walking. I got home, I posted that picture, and a lady on my group site says, oh, you caught a Sasquatch in the background by those three alder trees. And so she zoomed it in and reposted those pictures and sure enough to the face of a young juvenile, young Sasquatch. It's not an old one, she's young, young black one. So we did check the face of a Sasquatch going up the logging road. So I went and set a trail camera up there. You know, the elk were up there a while ago. There's lots of fresh cat, a uh, few deer. So I said, oh, we'll see we'll show the elk with the trail camera up. Maybe we'll catch an elk or the deer, maybe even a Sasquatch. So I've got a Sasquatch in, or a trail camera in the area where I've got a picture of a Sasquatch. So that's pretty interesting. It was like, we got caught. Something was following us. But you don't hear a lot. Our bush is really quiet. We heard maybe four birds today when we were out for three hours hiking around today at one place. Me and two buddies. Um, the bush is really quiet. And we're talking about deer and elk while we're hiking. Like this, you don't see them. We make so much noise in the forest, even walking these big trails that are up behind one of our lakes. It's a group community lake. Lots of trails back there for the people to walk. A little safer. <laughs> so uh, I was up there today just hiking around. And we're talking about just like, they run, a deer. Our valleys echo. If you start off the highway and start driving down the valley, that car will echo four miles down the valley. Everything hears you coming. Sasquatch is here. So I found the best way to find a Sasquatch is let him come to you. And uh, that's why we spend uh, days at a campsite. The longest I've been out camping with activity is 20 days, me and a guy. I brought a guy in from Hope. And uh, him and I spent 20 days in the bush. And that was really interesting. But we had no equipment. I um, I don't work. I'm retired. Health reasons. But I, I, I don't make a living anymore. Um, so I don't have any equipment. I don't have sound equipment. You know, I wouldn't have big mics with a dish. That'd be really cool to have. <laughs> and uh, night vision. Oh, wow, there we go. I've, I've had a friend of mine that had, you know, 3,000 goggles. $3,000 goggles for night vision. Boy, it's like looking at daytime. Those are beautiful night vision goggles. But, you know, it's three grand. I don't have that kind of money. Oh, sure. It, it's the night amount vision. of money you can put into gear is, is pretty oh, out know, of this eh? world, yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine just spent 500 bucks for a sound recorder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but it was, it was built. You know, it was homemade. Really good, high-tech sound recorder. It'll pick up three different frequencies, and 
Yeah, it's uh, but that's five hundred dollars he spent. But you know, there are guys who got money. I'm not one of them. I go out there, boots the bush, with what I got on, and be giver. But there you go. Beautiful island. Yeah, such a beautiful island. But you, you spend time anywhere in this forest, a week, and they will come. There's, you know, the bunch of them. So, Keith, um, you yeah. going back to how you mentioned that you grew up, you know, around the the Amer or the um, Indian um, culture. Do you do you happen mm -hmm. to remember any other uh, stories of of Sasquatch that you would have heard growing up that you can share? If not, that's that's no problem. Ooh, um, I just remember the kids, the older guys would say uh, they would not sleep on the wall. They would sleep in the middle of the floor, four or five kids, because you know mm -hmm. Sasquatches are trying to get through the. But um, when Morris McLean, as an old native guy, passed away many years ago, he was a really good friend of mine. When he was five years old, they used to boat the kayak from Friendly Cove, Nitka Island, up the inlet to Old River. And they would hike two days in the Campbell River, which is on the east side. It's an hour out of Gold River if you drive. Now, but they would hike it. It would take them two days along the river trails. But Morris would cry because he would be so scared because they'd be camping in Sasquatch areas. And the Sasquatches knew it. And they would leave gifts, bread, and uh, fish. They would leave fish for them when they would leave camp to the Sasquatches. And, you know, for not bugging them. This is what it was. Don't come into camp and steal our food. So, but uh, Morris would cry every time they'd spend the night in the forest hiking on the way in the Cam River. So, you know, the, they've been back here since, you know, uh, 1900s, 1800s, much of the Harry story. So, uh, yeah, there's not many um, occurrences happened lately so um i don't know what to say anymore i'm gonna run <laughs> keith, keith i appreciate you chatting i've got i've got a curveball yeah. question for you uh as mm. yeah we've ta been talking for a half an hour i appreciate your time i'm gonna throw a, th a curveball in here and see if it lands if it doesn't then that's no problem but the thing i love about canada is that uh, up there, there's plenty of these stories about dinosaurs and things seen, um, prehistoric creatures. You've got the Partridge Creek monster. You've got uh, the Nahani Valley, um, where supposedly there's an undiscovered you know, valley of uh, prehistoric creatures. If you hear stuff like that, does that jog your mind to any stories at all that you, you've heard over the years? Uh, and if not, don't worry about it. No, not for prehistoric creatures, but I've been in some forest where you'd expect mm -hmm. to see some kind of plant-eating creature. 
you know, you just expect just like, this is, you know, this is dinosaur forest. <laughs> well, I've been to a few of them, but no, no dinosaurs are... We did get one years ago. Somebody did find a big skeleton on one of the rivers down the island. It's in one of the museums on the island here. Oh, really? So there was a real, yeah, some kind of fish creature, you know, pre, you know, like like the Loch Ness monster, long neck, big mm. fins, big hump body, you know, look like Dino from Fred Flintstone with, oh, sure. with fin. Yep. So something, you know, creature like that was found on one of the rivers on the island, you know, you know, 120 feet long. But that that skeleton is on the island somewhere. That uh, that's the only way I know over here. But uh, yeah, our bush is so um, thick in areas that and so full of cool plants. Mm. That's a nice part. Yeah, I know. I've been there looking, and it's like, oh, you know, you know, dinosaurs have had to have been here. Some oh, sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've looked for fossils. That's the word I'm looking for. Even I've looked for fossils. We were out the other day looking for shale rock to find fossils. Uh-huh. But we didn't even find that. So, mm-hmm. Keith, one, one last question before I let you go. Has there ever been okay. a time that you can think of over the years of researching in the bush, being out there for days at a time, where it was so weird, something was so off that you're like, you know, I'd rather not be here right now. It just You just got the chills. Anything like that? I broke down. I was trying to head to McCurry Creek, which is up the inlet from Gold River. But there's a logging road that takes you right to the ocean, and it's only about three miles up from our our government wharf. But you got to drive the logging road all the way around, which takes about three hours to get to the exact same place. Um, I broke down the cross ditch. I hit it too hard, bust my jeep, set up a tent. My buddy went and crashed in there. I spent the night on a fire sitting by a fire all night behind me I could hear something throwing rocks and pebbles not big ones just a little you'd hear it on hit the logging road but then you'd hear snap it would sit there and break a branch a twig not a big twig but just a you know something like a side of a toothpick and you'd hear it and I turned around and couldn't see anything and it's like holy cow that freaked me out that was a weird night but all night until dusk. When I could see the silhouettes of the trees and the mountains, it got quiet. It left, whatever it was. But it stayed there for about five hours, dropping rocks on the road uh, and just breaking the branches. But it never moved. It stayed in that one place behind me. And I, I never got the nerve to stand up. I didn't have a flashlight because I, I didn't have one. And... Uh, <laughs> wasn't expecting to break down at 12 o'clock at night. So, uh, yeah, that's the only freaky thing I ever had where I knew I shouldn't have been here. Like, I'm on my own, buddy sleeping <laughs> in the tent. And yeah. I'm sitting out here, you know, and, it's, and that was the only thing that got me was all night it would break a little branch, and I'd turn my head, but I couldn't see it. 
And I'm sure you could see my silhouette, and they were just sitting there laughing at me. Oh, man, yeah. All this for about five hours. It just teased me. That's funny. But after a while, it started to freak me out because I wouldn't stop. Uh-huh, yeah. Another the thing. And I would turn around, and I couldn't see any. It was just black, pitch black in that forest on that logging road. So. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, Very cool. That's a cool story, Keith. I shouldn't be here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you chatting with me uh, tonight. Uh, keep me in mind if anything else weird happens in the future, hit me up on Facebook, let me know, and maybe we can uh, maybe we can get a new uh, chat with you in the future. But uh, hold on for one minute, but thanks so much for talking tonight, Keith. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Bigfoot Society. If you like the show, please review and rate it five stars on iTunes. Hit the share button and send this episode to all your friends on social media. Subscribe to Bigfoot Society wherever you listen to podcasts. It doesn't cost a thing. Pick up a Bigfoot Society shirt or enamel pin over on our Etsy page and people will tell you all about their Bigfoot sightings when you wear it. At least that's what people tell us. That's what happens. If you'd like to become an official member of Bigfoot Society with a membership card, a community of like-minded individuals, and extra content each month, then please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. Thanks for listening.